PGCE Research Bites, student teacher research from the team behind Emma and Tom Talk Teaching. Hello everyone, I have got Danielle Cates here who is going to be talking to me about her fantastic first assignment that investigated factors influencing the reading comprehension of children in primary schools. So tell me about the starting point to this Danielle. What was the theme that was given to you by your lead partnership school? I know that you were in your clinical practice school at the time as well. Yes, yeah. How did you go about breaking that down and deciding, you know, what aspect of this focus you were going to investigate? We started off initially uh, with six quite broad topics from our lead practice school. Mm-hmm. The one that mine sort of stemmed from was improving reading, which mm-hmm. is obviously very broad. Then I went to my clinical practice uh, school and spoke to my mentor and we'd already sort of discussed some issues that we had in the class with uh, reading in general and we'd together sort of narrowed that down to reading comprehension. Mm. I did then try and sort of narrow it down a bit too much and then found it really difficult so I had to take a step back from that almost <laughs> um, so that I could I could find enough sources but um, and enough studies. But yeah, so then that was my final topic then was was comprehension and how to how to improve that comprehension thank you for that and um I suppose it's interesting that you said that you had the chat with your mentor and presumably you were seeing the children's struggles in the classroom as well can you give us any kind of indication before we get to the texts and what you found what kind of struggles with comprehension were you seeing in practice there were quite a few children in the class who were able to read very fluently um I was listening to readers every day and they were very confidently reading through quite complex texts. But then you would ask them a question, you know, a, a, sometimes a fairly simple question about what they just read, but they weren't able to answer the question. So that was something that I had already found quite interesting and, you know, wondered how how that could happen, really, because I didn't have any any understanding about what comprehension entails and all the different factors that go into it. So it was really interesting for me. So this is the kind of sweet spot here when you've been given a theme that's broad enough for you to then be able to follow a line of inquiry that is really pertinent to you and to your learners. So it's great to hear that that happened for you when you were able to sort of find that line of inquiry. So how did you then go about selecting your six sources? Because you'd only have six and you if I may say so, you've been quite clever about the different types of sources that you'd use. So just tell me about your process there. It was just, to be honest, a lot of reading and it was finding texts that were that were relevant, really. There were lots that were older children or um, adults even. There were some that were from different countries and I did, there were a couple that were, they were quite similar to each other. And because comprehension is such a complex area... I wanted to, to that the text to reflect that all those different aspects that contribute to it. Mm. Um, and and let's get into the nitty gritty now, then, because of course you were tasked with doing all of this reading, synthesizing all of that in order to make some recommendations that would benefit not only your lead partnership school but also your clinical practice school too. Just you know, but by virtue of you being there as well, you started really well you started with a meta-analysis and for those who don't know what one of that is is takes lots of different studies doesn't it and crunches it all down in order to identify from a much bigger research base things that work so yeah. what did you find from that that was of note 
once I managed to sort of understand it myself because it's very complicated and the different ways that you can do meta-analyses it was it was really hard to get my head around initially but this first one that I included was looking at different interventions to support reading comprehension Mm. there are loads of different types of interventions that you could do but I found through that study reading strategy so it could be skimming scanning things like that all these different strategies which is quite broad really and background knowledge interventions were the most useful. But then if you also add another layer to that and have motivational strategies included alongside those other strategies, then that can really uh, help to support children's uh, comprehension when reading. And then you had sandwiched in between an Estin thematic report, some other individual sort of case studies that were really specific to a particular area of the world, groups of learners and and your particular age range, and that we're looking at different facets of comprehension. So can you give me a bit of a summary of what you found from those before we get to the Estin one? Because you're quite clever about where you put that, I thought. Yeah. The second uh, entry that I had was looking at morphological awareness, Mm. um, which I've always actually really enjoyed sort of picking apart words um, in that way. It's, you know, roots, um, suffixes. And that's something that can really support children for all abilities and then all age groups. So I'm really glad I included that one and got to sort of pick that study apart because it's something that it it affects my practice now. And it's Mm. something that I do quite regularly do at every opportunity. Can I ask then, just because there might be some people out there that don't really use that in their practice and might not even know what you mean by morphological awareness. And I understand, you know, you talked about prefixes and suffixes. In practice, what are you doing when you're when you're pre-teaching, I would imagine, some of these roots and, and morphemes? W- what are you doing and how is that influencing comprehension? It's allowing the child to understand how the word can be broken up so that they can then understand they can use that to work out the meaning of the word. It, it means that if, if they can understand those the, the small parts of the word that make up the word, that then make up the text, then it all builds add, and adds to that layer of uh, to, to the comprehension. Great. And, and this was a real revelation for me, actually, when I was reading your assignment, because, you know, there are certain certain prefixes that tend to cluster around certain subjects as well. So I learned something there from a from a subject discipline perspective. For example, when you know that photo means light. Yeah. You can unlock quite a lot of other words. Yeah. So this was this was really revelatory for me reading your assignment. And so then we moved into some of the other studies. What else did you find? Were you noticing sort of trends across these studies? The biggest trend or the most the biggest learning from all of them combined is that there's just so many different factors that contribute to comprehension. Mm. And it's not there's not one thing that works the best and there's not one thing that works will work in isolation if you're trying to trying to help children understand what they're reading. They all work together and some aspects will work better together. It's very complicated, but if I think that if you're looking at all of these aspects and trying to incorporate them into your practice, then you're going to help the children with their reading. And you noticed some extra strategies that are probably worth a mention. You you read an interesting study about questioning techniques and sort of low and high order think uh, sorry question techniques that you might use to dig into comprehension. What what was interesting about that? There was a question I'd done before the study, and it was asking teachers how important they think high level questioning is, and. Mm-hmm 
the majority of teachers said it's, it's very important in, in their practice. But then what was found was that a lot of teachers weren't using high level questioning as much as they initially thought. And then because of that, those answers that the children were giving, because they weren't open questions and they were they were far more closed. The, so were the answers and the mm-hmm. children weren't giving the extra detail in answers about texts. Thank you for that. And and just to backtrack a little bit and pick up on something that you said with regard to um, the meta-analysis, which I thought was very interesting in your recommendations, a, a good thing to pick up on, was the fact that you, you need to teach strategies that sort of build their resilience, build their confidence alongside the comprehension strategies. Was, was there anything specific or, the, or is there anything specific that you now do alongside teaching comprehension that supports that i definitely try and encourage the children not to if they see a text that looks all of a sudden really complicated and too difficult for them is is to take a moment and just sort of have a breath that's something that really makes a difference in the same way that it does with maths and you have children who uh, don't feel confident in in maths they panic when they see a question that they don't instantly know how to answer Mm. but they need to have those strategies to to support them and help them calm themselves almost Mm. before answering and and this is what was really interesting about your study I think is that you weren't just focusing on the things that the 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 strategies that the teachers could do to develop comprehension from a, a really kind of subject specific pedagogical perspective you were thinking about well-being at the same time but tethered to a specific thing that they were trying to achieve um, in their learning which was really interesting I thought you were quite clever in that you save the Estin thematic report until last. I felt like what you were trying to tell me there was that you'd done, you'd looked at all these empirical studies and, and this sort of, what we would call research with a big R that academics have done. And then you looked at the Estin thematic report, which as you rightly said, looks at like a small case, about 13 schools, I think it was in total. Yeah. And they're looking at practice aren't they? They're looking at classroom practice and they're looking at, you know, what is having impact from what they're seeing in, in schools. Was there a reason why you put that last is what I'm getting at here? I was really on the fence about even including it because it wasn't a study. Mm. But I thought it's the most local research or most local guidance that, that I could find. And, mm. you know, it's an important part of of you know working in a school and and teaching is is you know making sure that we're meeting the standards we should be so I wanted to put it at the end just to so that the other research reinforced what was said by Estin and they work together rather than if I put it at the start it's not the strongest research wise but I really wanted to make it relevant to to my practice and anyone else's practice who's who's reading it to my you know for my uh, lead practice school I thought this this really set you apart as you know your your own personal research skills. I thought it was very shrewd of you to a be thinking critically about the validity of that source, but b put it at the end so that you can look to see through the lens of the research, the robust research articles that you looked at before that to kind of test the validity of Estin's judgment. Yeah. Did it sort of, um, I don't know, throw into question anything that Estin had put in in that report? I don't want to put you on the spot, but... No, no, I I think that anything that went... I left the Estin one until last because I'd... With the bulk of the writing, because I'd pulled out sort of bullet points 
And then anything that Esten had said was all supported by the other research that I'd included in the other entries. So it really did actually help me to understand the Esten report itself mm. and how to use Esten reports. Mm. It's quite reassuring, really, as well. Yeah, definitely. You know, that it was supported by what you found. And so, aside from what you've already told us, when it came to the crunch point and you had to put together your visually enhanced summary yeah. to present to school colleagues, what recommendations did you think for that particularly partnership school were going to be most pertinent to helping them move forward with this area of their practice? So I recommended to teach vocabulary explicitly. Mm. I think that that's something that can easily be sort of glossed over. I know that I did before I finished this research and really break it down for the children and then to do that throughout all ages Mm. and for all abilities. And all children are able to use the evidence that I found and the recommendations to then further understand uh, the texts Mm. and then I also recommended when choosing reading interventions uh, and this was mostly through the Estin report as well including background knowledge and including reading strategies but then also reviewing those regularly and assessing how well they actually work Mm. um, doing that on a regular basis and then high level questioning as well I think that was a really um, that was a really big one that has changed my practice Mm. um is really thinking every time I'm asking a question and planning my questioning as well Mm. um ensuring that it's higher level for all abilities just backtracking just a tiny bit when you talk about background knowledge are you talking about the pupils having background knowledge of the text that they're trying to comprehend or is that sort of topics that are coming up or things that are going to come through in the text that they need to know before they read it it could be all of those any and all of them it could be knowing a bit about the topic that the book is about knowing some of the vocabulary and going through that and teaching that explicitly before actually reading the text so that they are able to access the rest of the of the text it could be lots of different uh, factors it could be the chapter knowing that you've that the children have read the chapter before are not when you're reading a novel Mm. and discussing that, maybe just reminding them or getting them to remind you of what's happened so that they're able to connect the two chapters in their minds. Thank you for that. Um, And, you know, we like to sort of ask our students who've gone through this whole process whilst training to be a teacher, you're you're developing your academic skills. Like, What did you personally get out of doing this assignment? It's really affected how I teach and until really it got towards the end and I was talking about the recommendations um, and I was putting together the visually enhanced summary I sort of looked back over the the previous couple of weeks of teaching and I can do the same now look back and I'm including a lot of these things I'm I'm teaching vocabulary explicitly I'm breaking down the words even in you know I'm, I'm in year three at the moment so we do that in GGR most days we'll break down words that we don't know we might I'll have a look beforehand and see what the root of that or what the etymology of that word is if that helps if that's going to help them understand it it's loads of different ways that I've sort of just tweaked maybe how I teach but it's it's made a, a huge impact definitely good to hear and final question Danielle because you've given us so much there 
for anybody about to embark on assignment one now, um, because these resources we hope are going to be useful to students in the future, any advice you would give them if they're about to begin? I think just start reading early so that it's not overwhelming because some of these some of the research is is so dense and full of really complicated language that really helped me and it it made me feel like I wasn't panicking the last few weeks to keep reading I was tweaking constantly the actual bulk of the essay Mm. and then use your mentor as well because they're so knowledgeable they know the children in the in the class so well they can guide you towards topics or specific research even my mentor was um she was really useful when when I was writing my essay. Really sage advice. Danielle, thank you very much. Um, it was a pleasure and a privilege reading your work and good luck with the rest of the course in assignment too. Thank you. Thank you very much. PGCE Research Bites comes from the team behind Emma and Tom Talk Teaching and is presented this week by Emma Thayer. It showcases the best student-teacher research from the Cardiff Partnership for Initial Teacher Education. Thanks to Danielle Cates from PGCE Primary who joined us today to share her research. Podcast artwork is by Beth Blandford and the music is by Cameron Stewart. We'll be back with a regular episode next week and we'll have more Research Bites for you soon. Research Bites